Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Siegel. I want to thank you all for listening. Have you had a chance to check out the brand new website yet? Oh, does it look good? Go to TravelTalesPodcast.com. See the uh, the new visuals. You can see uh, two-minute teasers for each episode posted on there. You can go to the destination section and see uh, some places I've been and my reviews of those places. You can go to the articles section and read stories by myself and some of the other guests. It looks great. Thanks again to uh, Gary Ricky for putting that all together. And we've been getting some great feedback on it, so let me know what you think. There's also uh, links to iTunes, where you can click to subscribe for free. And if you're on iTunes, as always, why not give us a good rating? That helps people find the show and boosts our presence online. There are links to Stitcher. There are links to our brand new Facebook page, which I hope you'll go to and like. Just click like. Again, cost you nothing. If you can do that, that would be great. And there's uh, some more pictures on there for you to peruse. You can also go to uh, find us on LinkedIn. There are links to our LinkedIn page, which is brand new. There are links to our Instagram page, as well as our Twitter page. And Twitter, we are at Travel Tales Pod. Like us on there. Befriend us on there. We're building the Travel Tales Podcast Empire. Once again, thanks again to Gary Ricky for uh, making an awesome looking web page. If you'd like to write to me, you can write me at Mike at TravelTalesPodcast.com and uh, let me know what you think, how you're doing, if you have any uh, recommendations. Maybe you'd like to be on the show. Are you in the LA area? Have you been around the world a little bit? Would love to talk to you. I am very excited. I'm going to be leaving uh, for a couple weeks around the July 4th holiday, and going to New England. There are five states I haven't been to in this country, and three of them are Maine, New Hampshire, and Vermont. So on this trip, I'm hoping to knock those out. Uh, It's a perfect time of year, I've heard, to go to Maine especially, (laughs) because the winter doesn't sound too pleasant. But uh, here it's beautiful, and I'm looking forward to it. And also, i got friends uh, i got to see. My cousin is getting married in beautiful Newport, Rhode Island, where I've been a couple times. Beautiful old mansions there, and uh, oh, it's going to be great. And uh, get to see my family, which I'm very excited about as well. So I'm wishing all of you out there a happy July 4th holiday. Take a week off. Hell, take two weeks off. But before you leave, enjoy this episode with my very good friend from high school, Mr. Mark Parton. Happy July 4th, everyone. Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. I'm here with my old partner in crime from high school, Mark Parton. Mark, thank you so much for coming here. Thanks, Mike. Down from Oakland. Thank you. No, great times. How does a Chicago boy find his way out to California? You moved out to the Bay Area, I think, nine years ago? It was just time to get out of Chicago. You know, as I tell my friends all the time, it's like, uh, you know... um, Shoveling snow when you're a kid is fun. Um, shoveling snow when you're an adult. Yeah, uh, when you're time... sledding on it, it's great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so uh, it was just time to get out of Chicago. And so um, I, my wife and I traveled a lot, and I liked wine. And so I figured um, if I was going to go anywhere and get into the wine industry, it was going to have to be out into California, right? No, well, I know you got heavily into wine. And did this start with uh, your travels overseas, or did this start back in Chicago? Well, it, it starts back in Chicago when um, you start drinking all the bad stuff in high school, right? So you're drinking the Boone's you, Farm. Are you telling me Boone's Farm is not uh, the quality wine? It, it's quality for the right people. <laughs> 
right? <laughs> That's what the motto should be. The quality, the quality for the right people. <laughs> so when you're, you know, 18 and underage. and you are can they get, the right people? Yeah. You can get to the, uh, the liquor store. You can get a bottle of Boone's Farm. So, <laughs> so that's where you start. And then you graduate from there up to um, Kendall Jackson Merlot, which is good. Well, hold on. But before that, you and I grew up in the 80s uh, wine cooler phase. Remember when that that's, hit big? That's right. Um, who are those? Bartles and James. Uh, thank you. That's and then was. there was the California Coolers or something? That, yes. We, yep, we did those. What a those. horrible thing looking back. I'm just like, this was, that was nasty stuff. And, and it's, you know, it did so well at the time, but now you don't see it so much anymore. Uh, which is probably a good thing, right? Well, you know what happened was it yeah, changed it over to Behringer makes a, a white Zinfandel, which um, the truth is they probably make six million cases of it, and that's not an exaggeration. I think they make six million cases of it. It's probably one of their most popular wines, um, and it's helped them to um, finance uh, like everything else that goes on at that place because you just make so much of it, and people love it. And um, but in any event. Um, so well, kids drink now. They, I think they get drunk on stuff like what's that four loco stuff. <laughs> they make up their own. Yeah, it's stuff, like booze right? and caffeine. It's like the worst thing you could absolutely have. It's Red Bull and something yes, else. It's that's horrendous. That's, that's what they. That's what they they're having drink. like heart attacks and stuff. <laughs> so what was the country that really mm. turned you on to wine? What was that so, one trip? So yeah, so the first trip we made to Europe. Was was you and Nancy? Was Nancy and I took Nancy there? Yes, um, I got engaged uh, in Paris. Uh, well, and, slick. But the 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 cool thing, yeah, and that's for nobody him. says no when you get asked well, in Paris at the uh, at the Eiffel Tower, right? And so, um, but what you find when you're in Paris is that um, instead of putting a bottle of water on your table, they put the bottle of wine on your table, right? You know, they put a little carafe on there, and uh, that's when you go, hey, yeah, wine, cool, I like this. You know, I could do this on a regular basis, <laughs> and so that's. Where you kind of get introduced to, you know, when when Nancy and I first started again, it was like you're drinking the Kendall Jackson Merlot, and then you go off to Europe, and you're like, oh whoa, there's all kinds of other wines out there. And pleasant places like France and Italy, they, they tailor the food right. to the wine. It, it's paired, paired, yes, completely. Pairings. It's like totally symmetrical. It's like it, they go hand in hand, right? And so, so the first time we didn't really do, we drank wine, but we didn't really visit like wineries or anything. And then the second time we went to France, um, we went to very specific places. So we went to Champagne. Oh, you know, the first time we did go to Champagne. And so you go to Champagne, Champagne regions east of, of Paris, and um, you go to Moet and uh, oh, yeah, Moet yeah. and, and um, you know, we had our first uh, tastes of, you know, White Star and all the, the good Champagnes. And um, – so that so you hang out in this little town called Epernay, and it was a lot of fun. And we were there for like two days or something like that. And um, that was like our first real trip to like French wine country. How far outside of Paris is Champagne? I want to say it's like a ninety-minute train ride. It's been a long time since I've been there. Okay, so when you you took the train out, yeah, we took the train out. And how did you get around the region? You just well, well, you um. You get to – it drops you off in Epernay, um, which is the town, um, and you, everything's in walking distance. You jump off the train and boom, you know, you walk to your ho- – you walk to uh, the hotel, which is like a, you know enormous bed and breakfast more than the last, right? And then um, you just start – you walk up the road and it's literally like they're all like lined up. All the wineries are lined up on the street right there. And you can get on a little tram and they'll take you out into wine country and you get to see all the vines and all that kind of fun stuff. So I think that's where we really got kind of bit by the bug, you know. Um, And so 
Um, so we did that. That was that was our first trip to to, to France, and then. The second trip, we went to a place um, called Burgundy. Uh, well, it's where Pinot, right. you know, and Chardonnay is made, right? And it's all these words that we take for granted. But there's this Burgundy, Bordeaux, right? And there's a city of Bordeaux, and it's a whole region there. It's it, Bordeaux is the region, and but there's also a city of, or is it just the city of Bordeaux, or is wow. it just the state, or is it like a whatever it is? Yeah, yeah there's yeah. a, and I, then there's yeah. I'm not sure about the city portion of it. I just okay. know of it. I know of it more as the region, and I know the grapes that they grow there. So it's like there's uh, red Bordeaux and white Bordeaux, and so red Bordeaux are are Cabernet Sauvignon, Merlot, Cab Franc, Petit Verdot, and Malbec. Those are like the primary kind of grapes on a red, and that's what they make a, a red Bordeaux out of. And those are the kind of wines you can lay down for you know 30 years, and you're supposed to because. You know, that's the old school way of doing it. And then there's the white, which is Sauv Blanc and something called Semyon. And Semyon is uh, a wine that you can – it's a white wine that you can age in a barrel. And so they put these two wine, these two different grapes together and you get this beautiful white wine that is great with like seafood and, um, and by itself. But, uh, but yeah. Uh, so if you go to France – and so if you're telling people you – know, people probably have come to you before and go, Mark, we're going to France – where should we go? We love wine. Do you say, okay, first of all, what kind of wine do you like? Yeah. Uh, are you a red person or a white person? Are there like, is there a north, south that I need to know? Before? You know, the, the, the places I've been and the places that are my favorite are, uh, Champagne is great because I think Champagne is a wine that Americans typically um, think of only for one occasion, you know, and that's New Year's, right? But right. the reality or a wedding is, or something, right, right. But but for the most part, it's like New Year's. Everybody thinks of it as New Year's, and champagne's uh, a kind of wine that um, you can you can have with almost anything, you know. And so I love it. It's it's a really fun. It's a great kind of wine to drink, you know, sparkling wine, right? And so, a rosé one too. You know, the rosé the the rosé champagnes are some of the most expensive bottles of wine out that there. Have some good ones. Oh, man. So yeah, they're fantastic. So so if I if anybody were to ask me, I'd say first place to go. You want to go to Cham- the Champagne region, and there's a couple different places within the Champagne region. I took a train out there from Paris, and you know you do a couple days out there, and you have a blast. Um, the other place that I've been is um, there's a, a town called Boone, which is in the middle of Burgundy. And um, I've had their farm wine. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Not to be confused with with Boone's farm. <laughs> But um, oh, they're making a nice vintage. They, uh, I think Tuesday is their best vintage. <laughs> so w- when we were there, um, Nancy, my wife, had set up a. Um, we visited a place called Louis Jadot, and uh, it was a. The wines were great. They took us into what's called the barrel room, um, and it's where they age all these different pinots and, and chardonnays and. Um, the guy just—it's called a, a thief, and it's a—it's a glass tube that he sticks into a barrel of wine, and he pulls it out and pours you glasses of it. And it's just—and so we tried like nine different wines, and um, but when we were—that was a great time. But when we were done, he took us into this crazy little um, cellar that was—it um, was probably the size of a small bedroom, like eight by eight maybe, and. Um, 
it's it's got a gate on it and you walk in and it's barely six foot high so you're kind of leaning down and you're looking in there and you're seeing these bottles from like the 1800s and <laughs> he's telling you stories about how when the germans came they had to brick up you know during world war ii yeah. they bricked this area up so it looked oh, like they it was just another wall yeah. yeah and so it was like all these library wines is what they call them and they were all these old wines and um and the, but the one thing that I took away from it was I remember asking the guy, um, you know, there's all these wines here. There's like 1837 was the oldest one. I'm like, you know, 1837 was that a good year? Or he's like, he goes, when were you born? And I tell him, you know, 1967. He goes, you know, when was your wife born? He goes, your parents would love to drink a bottle of wine from that year. It's about the emotion you feel when you're drinking a bottle of wine from a vintage that you can totally connect with. And you know, the more I thought about it, I was like, that makes a lot of sense. Why would your parents connect with 1837 more than you? <laughs> not, not the 1837 as much as the 1967. Okay, with that. Okay, yeah. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Did I, did, I, did I get off track there? Yeah, I just didn't. But yeah, the idea is that... 1837 would impress anyone. 1967 would be more important to my parents than... Yeah, well, they, than, they remember it. Anything. Yeah, so it's, it's all about the emotion of that one, you know, that... You know, that year in time, right? And so you think about all the things that happened in that year. So he's like, it, it's all. It has more to do with you know your the the, the time of you know, in your life. So and you've um, done this in Italy as well. Did it in Italy? Um, we went to a place called Tuscany. Oh, I love Tuscany. Went, went to Tuscany. We stayed in Siena. You know, oh, I love Siena. Siena, great uh, on top of the. Uh, it's like right up there in the top. Yes. And uh, were you there for the horse race, the Palio? No, no, we were there. We were there in was it July? It was hot. Yeah. And um, you go out to Banfi, which is out in Montecino, and um, we went out there and had a five course meal and right at the winery and you know did a tour of the winery. Uh, just lots of great wine. It was a lot of fun. Um, and Siena's a great place because I remember driving out to Montecino at night and then driving back in the dark. And when we came back. Um, we had to get back into the city and I remember taking a wrong turn and driving into the old city, um, where when you drive in, it's on cobblestone, right? Oh yeah. yeah. And you're driving in and you're in a little car and all of a sudden the walls start to close in. Is this on one you. of those like castle towns? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like a medieval, it's the yeah, medieval yeah, yeah. side of town, right? So you're, you drive in and before you know it, you, um, you know, the walls are closing in and people are looking at you like, why are you driving into this area? This is like the medieval side of town. And then what happens is it opens up and you realize you're like at the Duomo and you're not really supposed to have driven into this place. And you start asking people, how do I get out of here? And they're like, walk oh, very easy. You walk this way. Drive. I <laughs> hey, don't dumb know American, I, don't drive on our I, sidewalk. I don't know how to get out of here. And so um, the lady's like, I just pointed that way. And so we, we ended up getting out. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was like my driving experience and, and uh, up in up in Siena. Oh, I've had a so. few of those. Yeah, those are so. Good. If you have to choose between, uh, say, if you're going to take one trip to Europe for wine, do you go France or Italy? That's a tough one. You know, it's. Um, Is it more about the food at that point? About, than the- it's about the experience. It about it's about what you're going to eat, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. food plays a big part in it, right? It so you know, you're eating these big red. And even so- then, it's tough, right? Right. You know, you're in the south, right? So you're eating big red sauce dishes. So, but is it like, 
I would think if you like white wine, maybe France would be better. Am I wrong on that one? Uh, you know, I, I don't know as much about the white wines of Italy. You know, the only ones that I'm really familiar with are, you know, like the Pinot Grigios and right, things right. like that, right? You know, but the, um, and there's others, um, obviously, but um, you know, the ones that I'm more familiar with on the red side are going to be the Sangioveses and um, you know the Chiantis, Chiantis yeah. which is Sangiovese is kind of part of Chianti, but um, but you know, you, again, you know, you're it's there's certain things about um, Sangiovese, like you know, it's the acidity or uh, that goes in with uh, these big red sauce dishes that just makes that wine so much more flavorful when you're you're having it with a big red sauce dish. So so if you're having that kind of food, that's great, you know. And there's it's just lots of history and it's beautiful and it's fun. You're driving around Tuscany, it's great stuff. And big red sauces tend to be more in the south. Like Sicily's really known for that kind of stuff. Right. Have you been to Sicily? I, oh, <laughs> I think, hey, good one. Um, we went to that we went there together. I tell for you. our mutual friend Mark Kane's wedding. That's right. Who is here tonight and we are gonna go have dinner with him in about wait. an hour. That, you know, the I just remember when we were in Sicily, you know, there's all that seafood. Yes. You're eating just tons of awesome seafood. Yes. And we were drinking those like rosés. They were like really light red wines. And you could just drink yes. that wine all day long. Because you don't it, want a heavy cab with like, uh, like yeah, a yeah. little shrimp or uh, it, it, calamari. Right, you know? right. You know, so you're doing a lot of that. Um, Have you ever been to a wedding that had more food than that? I just remember oh not we were being there able, for hours. There was, uh, was it never there like seven courses. <laughs> yes. I just remember getting to the like finally the meat shows up mm-hmm. and you've eaten so much seafood. Yes, you can't even like you can't eat anymore. And yeah, it's like I am like, saying oh, no, is, I can't eat anymore. Yeah, no, there's like this is it, right? And then like <laughs> you <laughs> ate you ate the meat, and I was like I can't even late. eat. Well, I know it was. It, we just kept <laughs> eating. Everything was so good. Even the bread is amazing, and you're eating that all day, and it just get and they're like. Oh, now there's a meat dish? That was one Are of, you kidding me? W- without question, one of the most amazing weddings I think I've that ever been wild. to. That was wild. That was great. That was a lot of fun. And that the food. was great. Uh. And there's the fact that they got married in this 400-year-old church where her parents had gotten married right. in Palermo. That was fantastic. Right, right. I just remember the night before – or was it the um, – what's the, 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 the dinner before? The rehearsal. The rehearsal dinner. And um, – when we're sitting there and um, they bring out all these platters of octopus. Yes. And they're, they're like – they're about you know twice as big as your hand and, <laughs> and it's uh, – the head is as big as your fist and they're on a silver platter and they come out and it's like sticking straight up and the, the, the legs are all spread out and all the girls are freaking out. And you and I are like, ooh, where do we <laughs> oh, start yeah. on is this? Oh, grilled? Oh, <sighs> you bring the lemon. And you're just like cutting into it and it's so – I mean, I just remember it was so dense, like a steak. Yes. Um, but it was so good. It was really, really good. That was good stuff. Uh, so when people think, okay, I would love to go wine tasting in France or Italy, what are the uh, costs that go along with this? I mean, do they charge you at every winery? Or I just... don't think we got charged. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was you really just walked in. Well, in some places, it's like you show up and they just, yeah, hey, come on in, and um, they're more interested in like selling the wine. But there's no like charge. It's not like Napa's a different place, right? Like yeah. in Napa, um, you know, nowadays they charge you know twenty bucks, you know, to go do a tasting. And um, I think there was a time when they didn't, but they were getting a lot of kids from yeah. you know the city from San Francisco getting coming down, and- getting you know getting free booze, right? And so um, they, I think that's when they probably introduced the hey, we better start charging because it makes more sense. Now it's become kind of a 
a business, right? You know, to run these tasting rooms so that they charge. You know, in Europe, it's a little different. It's like they, you know, you go in, they like you going in. You go to some of the smaller places, they just want to hang out and talk with you, tell you about, you know, tell you their story um, and, and, and share their wine. And it's a lot, it's a different experience, I think, you know, because it's very, you really do deal with the families when you're kind of dealing with many wineries kind of in, in Europe, at least what my experience has been. So, Did you have to set up any of these beforehand or did you have to like, can you just show up and Nancy knock and I, on the door? Nancy set one up for us when we went to Louis Jadot and that was um, she had set up a private tour for us. It was actually not a private. It was supposed to be us and another couple. And this other couple was riding their bike from like Dijon down to Boone and it rained that day. They couldn't make it. So it was just us. And so this guy took us on this amazing tour of the winery and telling the story and drinking all this wine. And um, so that, that was one where it was set up, but for the most part, you know, I think you can just, you know, you're driving down the road, Hey, there's a winery, you know, or there's a tasting room, <laughs> pull over, you know, and you go in, you taste these great wines. And again, you could be there for hours because they just, these, these people want to talk to you and share the experience. So, and not only that, it's very common uh, when you go have dinner in someone's house that they make their own. Like every family seems to have, if they have any bit of land, they have their own wine. Well, you know, and I remember like even going through Italy and it was like, there's all these really small production, like, you know, you can buy this, all this wine you can get like while you're in Italy, but you can't go there and go, Hey, I, I like your wine. Can I find it in the States? No. Can I ship it back to the States? Oh, not after nine 11. There's all these, you know, tariffs and blah, blah, blah. And it's, you know, they, they won't ship it back to you and it's expensive and all that kind of stuff. So it's like you get, then they're, you know, they're handcrafted little wines, you know, and the, but they're wonderful. And so it's almost like when you're there, you get some wine, you drag it around with you, you drink it, you know, whenever you get a chance and you have it while you're there. It's part of the experience while you're there type right. of thing, you know? Well, let's cut off of uh, Europe and go down to South America. Oh, yeah. And when right. I describe people, like, when I talk about Buenos Aires, I was in Buenos Aires and you've been there. I actually, have you, I've been to been Chile. Ar- oh, you've been to Chile? You haven't Chile. been to Argentina? I've never been to Argentina. Well, I have been to Argentina, but it's What's the Mendoza region is the big yes, wine region it's in the Mendoza huge. region. It's like I did west, not get there. Yeah, it's uh, west of... It's west of Buenos Aires. Yeah, like, um, but I didn't, go to, I didn't go to Mendoza. I went to Argentina via Chile. And, okay. um, well, they're right next to each other, right? So... Um, we're in Chile. Yeah, but you got to cross the Andes. Well, there's, but there's, well, and that's the funny thing is like when you go, when you fly into Santiago, it's like you're at 40,000 feet yeah, or something. I have not been there yet. I haven't been to Chile. You go, you, when you fly into Santiago, it's like you fly in um, over the Andes and then, you know, they do loops all the way till they get into, you know, into the airport, right? And then you get out of um, the airplane and you get, you know, you get out of the airport and you get into a, a cab. And you're driving into Santiago, and you, all you see are the Andes, and they're just the most enormous <laughs> uh, mountains you'll ever, you know, ima- you, you could have ever imagined. And so you get into Santiago, and um, it was a great, great town. Um, you know, you start to kind of learn the history of Santiago or or Chile for that matter, because it's you know, it's Pinochet is still fresh to them, yeah, the and dictator, Allende, been... and and so you know, you can there's you know, all there's these... a dark past, down yeah, there. but it's like. But the, um, they've got great museums, and they talk about it, and they're open about it, and you know, it's it, you know, we had a great experience in, in Santiago. But it's like when you from there, you know, the idea is 
once you leave Santiago, there's only really two ways to go, right? North or south. <laughs> yeah. And north is the desert and south is uh, – you go down south and you go to a place called the Lake District. That's like yeah. – Patagonia. Patagonia is at the bottom, right? But there's right. an area called the Lake District that's kind of halfway. And, and then there's wine country in between. So it's like you hit all – again, you know, that was another – you know, we did wineries when we were in, uh, in Chile. So um, first thing we did was we went um, as far down to the Lake District as we possibly could. So we went down to the Lake District. There's um, there are volcanoes. These active volcanoes. You can climb these volcanoes. Um, we waited an extra few days to try and climb a volcano, but the weather is was so bad they wouldn't take you up there. You know because the low uh, clouds. What time of year was this? Um, this was in October. So they're spring basically. Right. And so, um, but we hung out in this town and we went like whitewater rafting. We climbed these mountains. And um, you go you, you you go back into these areas and you are off the grid. It's like if you thought somebody was going to find you back there, it's not going to happen. And it's it, you know to some degree you don't really think about it until like after you leave. Like man, if I'd have fallen off this cliff, there'd have been nobody. You know, you're <laughs> right. done. So it's like you climb up this thing. You take all day and you work really hard at climbing this mountain. And it was it was great. We had a great time there. Um, but one day what we did was um, we went to Argentina. And so you kind of take these kind of weird circuitous route back um, into uh, just these back roads back towards the Andes. And there are these spots that are like cut into the Andes and, uh, you know, just naturally, (laughs) right? And so um, all of a sudden you like come around a corner and, you know, there's this big lake and you're like – and there's nobody around. And so you're following this and then you get around that and then you show up in this other area and it's like – it. It looks like the, a volcano had blown up in this area and like all the trees are dead and there's nobody around. And it's just – again, you just it's just really – it's it's kind of like you're on the face of the moon or something, right? <laughs> and then – This uh, is still in the Lake District? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so then you go – and then you finally hit the um, Argentine border. And – but before – actually, before you get to the Argentine border, you hit the Chilean border kind of. And the thing that was really um, tough for us to kind of swallow was – they asked us to give up our passports. And it's always a scary thing to hand it over to someone. And you're like, you know, it's like, hey, you know, I don't want to give this up. So fortunately, I've got two passports. I got my British passport and I've got my U.S. passport. Oh, so Nancy slick. gives up her, her U.S. passport. I give up my British passport. Um, and so we took off. And so we went to Argentina and we get to the Argentine border. You just left it? Wait a minute. You left your passport? Yeah, you leave them with these people. They're border guarded. Yeah, but it's like. It's the craziest thing. It's not like they're like dressed up in border outfit. You know, they're not like police looking people. <laughs> it's like this lady. It's the craziest <laughs> thing. And she's like, you know, she's about five foot tall. And um, she like, it's like she lives in a little house right there on the border. What did she ask you? Like how long you were going to be in Argentina? She asked you that. And she goes, I need your passports. You can't go any farther unless I get your passports. And that it doesn't kinda, seem right. And, well, it seems a little off. Yes. But it's like, but it is what it is. But it's, it, it is, it is a, a, a you know, it's got, it's an office or whatever, right? You know, right there in Chile. And so you're like, all right. And then you kind of ask them, where are you going to put these things? And they're like, oh, they get locked up over here. And you're like, okay, fine. So you give them to her and then you take off and you're back on these crazy big rock roads. And you go back into Argentina and you finally – it takes about another half hour and you finally get to um, the Argentine border. And um, you're like, okay, we're here. Uh, this is cool. There, and, and there's a little, little office right there. And so you kind of go in. And there are these, you know, four, you know, six foot four, 
guards kind of all sitting around with a large German shepherd. And you're kind of like, hi, I just wanted to kind of stop in Argentina. And they kind of look at you and you're like, okay, that's good. Thank you very much. And you turn around and you walk out because they don't really respond to you or anything. So you take a bunch of pictures and then that's your experience in Argentina. You didn't really – like you didn't go in. You didn't have any food. You didn't really meet anybody. It was just like you – it's like – it's kind of like going up to Wisconsin, See, stepping over the border yeah, and going, hey, I'm in Wisconsin. Now I'm getting ready to go get, back. Yeah, right. And you didn't even get the stamp on your passport. And I couldn't get a stamp on my passport. But I've got a big – I've got a That's picture. So weird. I've got a picture of me on, on my Facebook page where it's just me like standing next to the Argentine you know, sign saying, hey, I made it to Argentina. But there's nothing to That's like – That's got to be a really remote place. It's it's totally that's I mean, what I'm talking about. To have about. it just slapdash like that. It's in the middle because of, they know that's why they took your passport. They know that you're not going anywhere. There's nowhere to go. There's nowhere to go. And so you come it's back. Not like you can go on from there to Buenos Aires. I mean, unless you're it's got a, an airplane. I would imagine. So you know, I mean, because the truth is, is that Chile is like uh, 100 miles wide or something like yeah, that. But, it's, but like it's massively long. Three miles, you know, long or something. Three thousand miles long. Mm-hmm. It's huge. It's like as long as America is wide or something right, like that. Right. It's you know. But um, in any event, so so yeah, so you end up going back and you know you take pictures with the little old lady that took your passport and she gives them back to you and you know it's like you can say you went to Argentina but you you know there's nothing to really show for it other right. than a picture of you in front of a sign. So there's the Chilean wine tours that were they they must have been like it must have been so much cheaper down there than going through Europe. You know, um, they they were it was it was a different experience in that. Um, we went to a couple different areas. We went to a place called the Casablanca region, which is – it's right between Santiago and an area called Vina del Mar, which is on the coast. You know, It's Valparaiso and yeah. Vina del Mar. And, on the coast. Everything's on the coast. And that's where the white – <laughs> yeah, and that's where the white wines are, right? And so we went there um, and had a great experience there. A little place called – not a little place. It's actually owned by a – um, Constellation brand. I think it was over my console. It's called Vermonte, and it's one of uh, one of the the bigger wineries there. But great wines. And um, when we were there, they were flying guys in in helicopters to come taste the wine so they could do all these ratings. And it was just funny because we we went in, we met this girl um, that we'd set up a, a tasting with. And when we were there, a helicopter lands like in the middle of the vineyards, drops this guy off, he runs in, and then it takes off. And then another helicopter comes in and picks that guy up and drops another guy off and takes him somewhere. And it was just wild because they were, they were helicoptering these guys in to do nothing but tastings and ratings for the magazines. And it was kind of cool. That's nice. Yeah, but it was just funny because we got a picture of this helicopter in the middle of this massive vineyard. And um, so, yeah. Good stuff. That's awesome. What, what's your dream destination that you haven't been to that you – if you had to go anywhere, if you could go anywhere right now, where would you go? Boy. You know, before my kids were born, um, there were two places on that we were getting ready to look at. One was, um, uh, one was Argentina. Uh, we wanted to go to Argentina. Uh, the other was uh, to go to Asia. So we were like looking at um, Thailand. You know, we really – Thailand was really big on you know on our list, and that's where I would have gone next, definitely. And so, I've been kind of you know it's uh, eight years now, you know, the kiddos, and <laughs> so now we're kind of chomping at the bit to get back out there again. So I don't think Asia's coming anytime soon, but definitely we got to get back to Europe, and we probably will because you know my kids speak a couple languages, and so they uh, you know they're going to get us to France. They're going to get us back to France, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, the good thing about uh, well, you're you're kids know french right you're saying in the french school so we made well, this french only commitment. really helps french only really helps uh well obviously in france 
Sure. And any uh, well, you know, uh, Tahiti, and then a lot of Africa. Two hundred. But uh, other than that, I mean, like I was in Vietnam and Thailand. Like the old people still know French. Oh, really? But uh, the young people, no English. You'll you'll be fine. Hey, I Google it, and two hundred and twenty million people speak French. Yes. That, that said, my my boss says that but it's French usually will be with... a dead language someday. So yeah. Um, but in any <laughs> any event, um, but it's nice. You know, the kids get to learn another language. You know, they develop. That's great. And you you know, it's it's been it's been a good thing. You know, I mean, you meet lots of really cool people, and especially. Um, Especially if you like a place like France and you're big into you like wine and oh, that's great. These people live there. It's like it's a great place to go visit. So, give me your scariest uh, travel story. You ever had anything like a scariest horrible flight or um, travel story? Any no, uh, border guards pull a gun on you? Something? No horrible flights. Um, I'm trying to think. Lost passport. IDs, uh, no, robbed, n- ripped off. N- n- you know what? It's so funny. I think the one thing that people always tell you is, oh, you know, and I hate to keep talking about France so much, but everybody's always like, people in Paris are so nasty to you. They're so mean. But the truth of the matter is that when you cram 9 million people into a small square. It's like any big city. You know? Um, and so we've always had really like good experiences there. I mean, I think there's been t- – oh, I remember one time, uh, first time in France and first time in Paris, we rented a little apartment. Um, and it was a one-bedroom apartment, and so we in stayed there. In the uh, whatever arrondissement? It was, um, it was near the Champs-Élysées. Oh, and, ha, ha, ha. Uh, and, and I, yeah. So, um, that's, how, that's my French when I go over no, I do that a lot, and then, boy, they, does that work. They love you. Ha, ha, ha. They, they love it when you do that. Yeah. And, you know, because you're trying. Yeah. It's, it shows <laughs> It shows that you're making, right. He's making an effort. Ha, making, ha, ha. Exactly. No, no, no. They appreciate mm-hmm. that. So... We were out. We met these people at a pub called – I can't remember what it's called because um, it was back in like the late 90s or mid-90s. But um, we met them and then the next night we met them again uh, at this pub and then we went drinking with them at a couple other bars afterwards. And um, the night got a little – carried away uh, because you know i'm with a, a uh, these guys were canadian and i'm an american and french I, canadian or no no regular canadians okay. um and they but they didn't um so i'd taken my wife back to the apartment and said i was going to drink with these guys for a while we went to this bar um one guy got in an argument with another guy and the next thing i know we were really close to getting into a fight with a bunch of people and i'm out of the country and all I can think about are the stories that my dad used to say about, you know, don't ever get in trouble in Louisiana or Texas because if you get thrown in jail there, I don't know if I'll ever be able to get you out. And so that was the only thing that came across my mind is if I get thrown in a jail here in France, am I ever going to get out kind of thing? So <laughs> right. that was the scariest thing I can ever think of. Should we I, papillon. Yeah. I, yeah I, don't, I don't know that I've ever really had anything really outrageous happen to us. You know, you get ripped off by cab drivers and stuff right. like that, but, you know, that's just par for the course, right? You know, it's, it's part of the experience. Right. You say, hey, yeah, I got ripped off in Rome by a, <laughs> by a cab driver. Hey, that's fun. Or, you know, the same thing in Santiago, you know. I guess, exactly. You know, so. Well, now that, you know, you're here, and since you're um, the guest I've known, of all the episodes we've done, I've known you the longest wow. of all my guests oh, so my far. In the, you know, we met, like, it must have been 30 years ago. I would yeah. stop to think about that for a second, Play which cards? is weird because we're only thirty-three. Play, <laughs> playing cards in my basement. Yeah. 
<laughs> was that what it was? <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> I'm sure it was sophomore year because we went to the same high school. That's right. That's right. Jun- so, we had to been junior year, junior and senior year. Oh, ju- yes, you ju- went to HF. I went to home with Lossmer my freshman, sophomore right. year, and Creek Money my junior, senior year. But some of my earliest uh, travel experiences and road trips, we took together. Oh, no. You know, I was telling somebody about um, – the other day, I was uh, last weekend. I was telling somebody about the first like road trip I ever really took was right after high school. We had just graduated from high school, um, and we were going to visit Mark out in Columbus because at the time you only had to be nineteen in yes. Ohio to drink legally. So our mutual friend Mark Kane, who we'll see later tonight. That's right. And so we decided, or I decided, I wanted to go down to Southern Indiana of all places. Um, to go visit friends from when I was like yeah, before yes. I was even a teenager. Oh my god, I forgot about this. And so we drove all the way down there to this little little town. crazy town. And do you remember the story about the the? Remember asking this one little little boy if he'd ever met black person before? Oh my god! And he yes. said, "Yeah." But he could break dance better than me. Remember that yeah. story? Yeah. And that oh was the God, only experience. Yes. I just he had never met one in his we'll life. Went on, but that was the funny. I just I'll never forget that. And story. we were blown away by that. We moment. were like, "You've never seen a black person. The only person you ever met was a kid that, and you don't like him because he can break dance better than you." And we were just like totally blown away by that. But, but that was very eye opening to us when you think about it, because well, we, where we had grown up, we were always you know it was a very integrated. Yeah. And uh, our best friend Mark, who we're meeting tonight, is black, and we were like it kind uh, of threw us this off. This kid, and we went to this lily white town in Ooh. southern Indiana. Yeah. And it was. It was a farm town. It was farm boy. It was Owensville, Indiana. Wow. Yes. Uh, And so we went to Owensville. And then from there, we drove to Columbus. From there. Columbus. Went to the Columbus State Fair. Went to the Columbus State Fair where we got really bad fake IDs. (laughs) And I still have mine to this day. No, come on. I still do. I still have it. Yeah, absolutely. And so, because it was just so ridiculous. I had, you know, it's like, how do you not get rid of something like that? So I've got that. It said that I was 25 and I was probably. 16 or something 17 at the time so we wow. got i got those and then um yeah so that was our first like real road trip and i just remember you were you're the man because you always <laughs> had all the good music what you had all the good mu- you like had always recorded all these cassettes of like you like you had um, bob seger and you had always had like really <laughs> good the, really hard to find stuff <laughs> yeah. You had good good music, so that was like that was our first like road trip as, as a kid. Man. See, kids' cassettes were these little uh, plastic <laughs> things that you would you know yeah, you can't okay. find anymore. Yeah, <laughs> or you can't let alone find. But those were essential it. on the road, and then eventually you ran out. That's right, and then that was just conversation well, left, and then we were right. screwed. That was right. <laughs> that's right. Uh, but then also, uh, you went to Southern Illinois. I went to Carbondale. Yes, S- I did. SIU, and I went to Northern Illinois. That made some and road people, trips. You explain to people out here that that was a Six seven hour drive. I mean, it's Illinois is a big state. I mean, you had a different weather system down there. I mean, <laughs> they talked with southern southern accents down there. You and I had some of the best road trips. I'll never forget the road trip that you and I took down to New, New Orleans. Orleans. We went to New Orleans for Mardi Gras. Uh, Mardi Gras. And that was. I tell you what. Still the only time I've been to Mardi Gras. In New one Orleans. of the best experiences I can. I mean, I still. I just. We're like twenty one, but that's the time to go to Mardi Gras. Now we're too old for it. And it's, yeah. it's just a drunken idiot fest. Yeah. But when you're you know, twenty one and one of those drunken idiots. Well, I just remember cops it? wandering around drinking beers with you know, wielding a firearm and, you know, walking around, yes. you know, just like watching people but still drinking and you're like, Wow, this is a crazy place, you know, I mean, but a lot of fun. Yeah. You know, and uh <laughs> no, it was I just remember going there and staying in a cheap little motel and just like getting up 
taking a shower, going and getting a poor boy across the street, and then going in and hanging out for, you know, the whole day, you know? And, God, I couldn't do that anymore, just physically. I couldn't no, drink, would, drink. you'd die. You couldn't, you know, you probably, I can last for a couple hours, You could maybe. do it, but the problem is the next day, the next three days, you're, mm-hmm. you're a mess. You're useless. You pay for it. Pay for <laughs> yeah. It. But also, one of my early road trips, I, I used to come down to see you. Yes. I went down at least once, once or twice, maybe, to go to Carbondale, because he had the big Halloween. Halloween because yes. there was like the Carbondale Halloween uh, celebration is huge, and then was it Ohio University? Oh, yeah, in yeah, yeah, Oxford. yeah. In, is it Athens? No, is no, it Oxford, it? Ohio. Is, is it? it? Yeah, it's University of Ohio. I don't remember. Yeah, Uni- yeah, Ohio University. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, that great. No, Oxford great, is where Miami is. Miami is, of Ohio. Great Halloween, great Halloween, and that was at the. It was starting to become that was the, rowdy. And that was, but that was getting to the end of it. Like yeah. there was a time when it was even crazier, if I remember right. But they would shut down the whole street, and people are out there drinking. It was nuts. You had a bunch of teenagers out there. I mean, that's the funniest thing, you know, when you think back on it. It's like, you know, the police kind of let it happen. Um, you know, there's a bunch of teenagers out there drinking booze. You know, you're in the state of Illinois. It's 21. What you know? could go wrong? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. You know, hey, what's a couple of turned over, burned up cars? I mean, who cares, right? Um, so yeah, no, I remember that, that, but that was like a whole weekend. Yeah, yeah, that was and, that was a long. And then, did you ever come down for Spring Fest? I don't know. I, I want to say I went down there more than once. Uh, yeah, you probably. It came wasn't down. just Halloween. Well, I, I just remember it was the when you, you took came, a while to graduate. So uh, I was I, an I had ex- some years. To go. There's nothing wrong with an extra year. I mean, on top of an extra year, you know. Um, but uh, Spring Fest is a. Uh, um, it's a big party at you know at the end of the year where they have all these bands come in and um, you know all your friends come into town. Oh, but no, back to Halloween for a second. Halloween was um, right after. You, you, when do you start? You start in August. You start school, and the beauty of Halloween when you came down was the fact that I had only been in my. Um, in my dorm room for two months before I had freaked out my roommate enough that he left. So I had the whole dorm room to myself (laughs) and I had done such a good job of freaking him out or driving him crazy that he left. And so when all my friends came down, I had the whole dorm room to myself. So, you know, um, I was able to help you guys out. And I'm, I'm really, that's, that's one of my prouder well, I appreciate moments that. at Carbondale, right? <laughs> so, well, um, to wrap this up, um, these trips that you've taken overseas and elsewhere, um, now that you have daughters, um, what do you tell them or what will you tell them about travel and, and what it means and uh, how important it is? Sure. You know, I think it's uh, travel smart. Pay attention to what you're doing. Pay attention to people that are around you. Um, at the same time, there's so much to experience. And, um, you know, last weekend we went to the, – there's a, a thing in Phoenix. It's called the – um, MIM, it's Musical Instrument Museum. And you walk through this place and it's all the countries and the different musics that they produce and the different types of instruments. And my kids really got into it. And you know, when we were done, it was kind of like, you know, this is the kind of stuff you experience when you travel the world. And, you know, not, not that I've traveled the world, but, um, you know, it was it was nice for them to see that there are, you know, different kids, their size, um, you know, playing different instruments all over the world. And that's the kind of stuff you'll experience when you go out into the world and go other places than the United States. And so I think it's just getting out there, experiencing it, having fun, being smart, pay attention to what's going on around you, and uh, you know, soak it up, man. And now that they're, they're going to French school, 
Do they have a, like an obsession with France and going there? Do they learn about it all the time? Well, there's there's France, and with the French school, they learn everything in French. So like you know they read and write in French, but they do their math, they do their geography, everything's wow. in French, right? So so there's that. Um, and so what what it's really done is it's gotten them to realize that. France is another country, right? You know, so there's people from other countries, not just the United States. You know, they know Granny Annie, which is my mom. You know, they're Granny <laughs> Annie. She's from England. That's another country. And so it's like little things like that that you kind of take for granted that you don't realize that they start to kind of, you know, cling to and realize. And it's cool because, you know, it's, it's not just about America, right? You know, right. it's not just about the United States. So um, when's the right age to bring them to Europe and show them? Stuff? I don't know. We're going to find out. Uh, probably next year. I think we're going to we're going to try and get over the next year. It's again, you know, we've been really fortunate in meeting so many people from France and um them, you know, being really open and hospitable and saying come over to visit and bring the, you know, bring the kids over so you know all, they can all play together in France and you Perfect. know. And so we're looking forward to that, you know. I think that you know, once we start doing those kind of things, you'll start to I think we'll start to realize, you know, the benefits of it. It's kind of like, you know, when the kids went to French school. It was like you think that, oh, they're going to learn French. Cool. That's awesome. But then you start to see all these kind of ancillary things like they're going to meet – you know, you meet these other people and they yeah, live there. French families. Yeah. They meet, and you start to realize all the additional kind of you – know, you know, again, the ancillary things that kind of come along with it. So it's pretty cool. Good you stuff. Got, you got to find that family with the place in Paris to hook us up, bro. That's what I'm talking about, man. Yes. That's, I'm shooting for that. We're, we're going we're to keep hunting. Well, I'm glad you could come by, man. This is awesome, dude. Thank You're you. You're here for one night. We're gonna go have uh, we're gonna have dinner, and this will be awesome. One night, one night only, and it's good to see you guys because you know I see you guys once every year. I don't think we've seen each other for probably two no, years. No, it's been a while. So, well, thanks, man. Thank you, Mark. Pardon everybody. 